morning, sons and daughters of God. How are you this morning? Hey, are, are you excited about what God is doing in this place? Well, this morning I've got some great news to share with you um, and a couple of things to talk to you about and share just some of the things that happened. So I trust that you'll be encouraged this morning. So if you don't feel encouraged, you didn't hear me right. <laughs> Amen. You got it? Okay. This is, this is Vakar. Are we awake? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm expecting the Lord to continue to multiply the presence that's in this room as we're preaching. It's not going to go away. Okay? Why? Because it's time that the church walks in fire. Time that the church walks in fire. It's time that the church walks in fire. We can no longer play cold church anymore. When, wherever you are, you need to set things on fire. And I mean that spiritually, so don't think I'm telling you to be an, uh, what they call that, an arsonist, yes. I just don't want to say that word and I got it wrong. <laughs> could have got it very badly wrong. Okay, so you guys all okay out there? Amen. Okay, so look, Time to Rise is, is um, as you've heard, is really just a call. Do you understand? It's just a message that's calling every believer together saying, guys, we've been sitting around watching too long. We need to stand together and do something about the situation. It's the Lord calling the whole of his nation out of the nation to stand together as one nation. Amen? And so thousands of people from all over our country made and continue to make many personal sacrifices to be part of this call to action, which is time to rise. And the reason they make these sacrifices is because we will have no future if we don't actually decide collectively we're not going to have the situation that's in our country anymore. You've got, you got to understand, I don't care what background you come from, God is speaking to all His people the same way. In all of our hearts, we know that something is seriously wrong, not just in our government and in the institutions that are currently you know, running in our country, but also, more so in the world, we can see the enemy is accelerating his plan, trying to advance his agenda, and as the body of Christ, we need to make sure that we keep that lunatic in check. Amen. Because the last time I checked, Jesus died. All authority in heaven and earth was given to him. He came back and he put us in charge. He's not in charge. The devil is not in charge of God's world. The devil is in charge of the world. And the world that is in charge of is a broken system that runs according to the law of sin and death. Do you get what I'm saying? It's a system that had been deformed and corrupted by Satan himself when he came into the garden and he took away from us the very birthright that we had through sin. You see, it wasn't that authority was taken as much as it was given because Adam had bowed his knee to the devil, and now he had no way of redeeming himself from it. And so Jesus had to come and actually restore that in order for mankind 
to be able to operate in the authority that he'd always been given um, again. Drop the mic. Amen. So during the time to rise gathering, the first thing that stood out to me personally, and as you know, I, I, I was there, um, was the level of commitment. You know, Harold will tell you, and many others I'm sure as well, number one, it wasn't easy to get there. Number two, it wasn't easy to be there. We had the sun blaring down at us at about 35, 36 degrees Celsius. That is not Fahrenheit. It's much hotter when it's Celsius. Amen? It was a dry heat. People were sitting in the heat, willing to participate in what God is doing in this country. That doesn't just come by accident. That comes by purpose on purpose. That means that there is a drive in the hearts of believers to want to be part of what God is doing. Now, the people who were there, I'm sure, only represented somewhat of a handful of the people who wanted to be there. But the reality is that wherever you were, whether you were there or not, the commitment doesn't change. The commitment doesn't change to what we are doing in this country as the church. Remember, you are part of this body. How many of you are born again? Can I see? about to expose all those unsaved people in the room. Keep your arm up if you're born again. Let's see, if you're not saved. Okay, right. So if you're born again, Lee will pray for you later. Okay. So if you're, if you're born again, that means that you've been born from above. It means you're a child of God. You are here as an ambassador of heaven. Which means your life is meant to reflect the very nature and characteristics of God. That's what it's meant to do in your workplace, in your family, at church. There's no duality with God. You can't be a Christian at church and live like the world at home or in the workplace. You have to be who you are wherever you are. Otherwise, what will happen is your lifestyle will try and deceive you into thinking that you're not who God has called you to be. And this happened to many people. But these people who gathered, who represented many more that I'm sure, are people who are called out to hear the heartbeat of the Father and who are ready to take action to change their cities and return this nation to their rightful King, Jesus. Who's with me? Amen? At least this group is going well. Anybody else aside? Are you with me? Hallelujah. So we understand that what has happened to our country is that it has actually been put into a hostage situation and it's been held hostage by corruption, by greed, by a strong desire for evil, for evil things and ultimately by witchcraft because you guys all know what witchcraft is, right? Okay, so let me give you a definition for witchcraft. The Bible says rebellion is a sign of witchcraft. Why? Because witchcraft is when something that has no authority tries to exert authority upon something that has legitimate authority. You understand? It's the usurpation of authority. That's how witchcraft operates. It comes in and it intimidates legal authority in its ignorance and then takes advantage of the one who has authority and actually uses that one to get done what it wants done. It's a deep deception. And unfortunately, when, when people don't recognize what authority is and how God has placed things in place, they can very easily step into 
operating in witchcraft by accident. Isn't that right? Because they can operate in rebellion. So ultimately, we don't want to see any rebellion further in our country. Because what has happened is that the nation has been controlled by the system that has been put in place, which is inspired by demonic forces. And that system creates an infrastructure whereby people find it more convenient to live in an evil way than they do to live according to the ways of heaven. And so it benefits political people and benefits other entities to do things in an incorrect way because that's the way in which it's set up. They don't get backlash for that. There's no negative repercussions for that because they believe they're operating within the law, right? So, for example, if you want to take people's property, then change the law. Then somehow it becomes legal. That's, that's not how it's ever worked. Am I right? So whenever, whenever you want to, so now, for example, murdering a baby is not okay until you make a law that it is okay. Then suddenly it's okay. How is this even okay? It's not okay. Why? Because it's not God's will. So when a government begins to become distorted and the system that it's implying is distorted, it'll distort the culture of the people. Does it make sense? Which is why the people who are making the rules about legislation and about how the country is run, those people are very important people because they're making decisions for you. Unless you show up and actually oppose the decisions and make your voices heard, because that's going to be important for your life. Otherwise, they're going to get away with making rules that are not right. All you have to do is look at what's happening in schools. Look at what's happening all over our country when it comes to infrastructure, when it comes to creating jobs. Most, I mean, I'm sure many of you have seen where people who are in positions of power to give jobs, will sell jobs for a certain amount of money. It's like, hold on. So that you're saying if someone can bring you 2,000 rand, then they can buy this job from you. How does that qualify them to be in that position to be able to do that job? You see how this corruption operates. And then it's under the guise of so-called cultural preferences where they say, no, no, that's just a way of buying favor. So, you know, you don't go to a king empty-handed, so why would you go to this political person who has the power to decide empty-handed? And so then bribes become legal. But our system is not set up that way. In fact, the system that was originally put in place was set up to treat everyone fair and equal. In other words, the law is meant to be applied equally across the board. And the whole reason why it's absolutely time that we stand up and do something is because we have let them get away with changing things to such a degree that we can't even recognize the country we live in anymore. Are you guys with me? And I really think this is important because I saw there on this time that people were committed to wanting to see South Africa saved. And not just South Africa, the whole of Africa. And maybe not just Africa, but the whole world. 
And we know that there is something important about the prophetic words that have been spoken about South Africa, how we would be the catalyst to catapult a new wave of revelation and restoration throughout the whole world. How many of you know that Europe, once great, was no longer a superpower the minute they moved away from the Word of God as their standard? How many of you know that every nation who adopts the Word of God as their standard rises above all other nations until they believe that they have now achieved greatness and then they move away from God's Word and as they move away from the simplicity of God's Word, they end up in error. And when they end up in error, that nation begins to deteriorate. And let me tell you why. Because any nation that is not in agreement with the kingdom of God is in rebellion. Every nation that is not in agreement with the kingdom of God is in rebellion. The kingdom of God isn't far away. The kingdom of God is right here. It's in you and in me. And it's bigger than any man-made system. It is the system God put in place from the beginning before the foundations of the earth were laid. The kingdom of God was there. It is the very thing that runs heaven. And how many of you want heaven on earth? And surely we should submit to the kingship of Jesus and to the government of His rule and reign. Last time I checked my Bible, God formed us out of the earth. Am I correct? And He breathed life into us. And when He did that, He created a living being. That living being was alive because of the life of God that had been birthed into this living being. It was the spirit man that was first from God that gave life to this being. Are you with me so far? And so now we see that when that life was cut off from man, it resulted in man deforming the way in which the earth was meant to be governed. So when we speak about dominion, we're not talking about domination. We're talking about the kind of control and authority that God himself would exert in heaven on the earth. Is there anything that God touches that doesn't come into its greatness? Of course, everything He touches comes into its greatness. Therefore, everything we touch should come into its greatness. Because the last time I checked, Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of God, lives in you. What is this thing that we do where we try and rely on our own strength to help God out? He doesn't need help. You need His. God is the one who has set you here with the privilege to be His ambassador. Good ambassadors know that we are not representing ourselves, but we are representing Him. That's why if you ever feel like I'm out of my mind, just realize I always am. Because I want to be in His mind. I don't want to give you my opinion. I want to give you his opinion. As close to it as I possibly can. Amen. In the frailty of it. So the second thing that stood out to me was unity. Where have we ever seen the amount of unity 
that we are witnessing right now in this country, among the churches. Yes, there are many who are not interested, and they're not interested because they have had negative experiences in the past, and we are praying for them and hoping that they see that this is different in its entirety, because we believe that it's what God is calling us to. But we're seeing more unity now than we've seen in many, many years. And what does unity do, guys? Unity commands a blessing. How pleasant it is for the brothers to dwell together in unity. Isn't it right? In Him we live and move and have our being. Therefore, unity was a massive aspect of what I saw. I saw that the, the people who were there were unified during their praise and worship, unified during their time sitting, getting to know one another, getting to really connect heart to heart, soul to soul, spirit to spirit. I had several people come through to the one tent where I was at who needed prayer. And I remember the one guy, the night before, he was actually going to be one of the speakers. His name was Jan Lowe. Do you guys remember Jan Lowe? Yeah? So he had fallen in a ditch the night before, and he had bust his ankle really bad. He couldn't stand on his feet, and he needed to go and speak. So they asked me to pray for him. I prayed for him. Within five minutes, he was completely healed. Yeah. And he got up and he preached. Amen? This is the same power that is resident in every single one of you. This is not something special I can do. I teach people everywhere how to do this. The only reason you don't do it is because you don't do it. It's the only reason. It's like, for example, when you understand the principles of finances in the Word of God, you can begin to trust God in that area better than when you don't know. Am I right? So when you know the principles in the Word of God concerning healing, then you can operate in it. But don't think it happens by accident, because when you first try to trust God for your finances, it seems like nothing's ever going to come to you. It seems like everything's going wrong. How many of you have ever had that experience? Oh, I'm not the only one. Praise the Lord. Okay, but the reality is, you hold fast to your confession of faith. You hold fast to the truth. You don't let the devil push you off where you're standing. You push back on him. Now, because I've learned healing, I've got a nice pushback mechanism. I just go heal people. I find a way to wreck the devil's kingdom. And I tell him, get in the way of my money. See what happens. I'm going to destroy the works of the devil. Why? Because if you don't know how to execute a tactic, he'll just run over you. He, he might not be more powerful than you, but he's smarter because he knows better. He's been around for thousands of years. You understand? You've got to catch this. He's not powerful. He's got ability, but he's not powerful. You are more powerful than him. But he's smart because he knows how people think. He knows what people do. He knows what will get you to go the mile that he wants you to go in. So maybe it's time to get to know who you really are so you don't buy into those carnal tactics that the enemy keeps throwing at you. That was free. These people are gathered because they have one vision to save South Africa. Despite theological differences or nationality, we all know that Jesus holds us together. We're united in purpose. 
God is with us and nothing can stop the will of God for this nation. Did you hear me? Nothing can stop the will of God for this nation. I don't care how big a thing someone tries to erect. There is nothing greater than the Holy Ghost. He is more powerful in His operation today than He's ever been. And I'll share with you a little bit about that a little bit later. You guys all good? See, I'm running out of time because I'm being too chatty. We all know only God can do this. Well, not only do we know that He can, but we also know that He's already made provision for it. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven is already available. We don't have to wait for God to do something. We can recognize what He has accomplished and we can enforce His will on the earth. I want you to think of it like this. When a speed cop catches you for going 150 kilometers an hour, and don't look at me like you've never done that. I know you all have. And he pulls you over, right? Does he have to phone head office and say, so uh, should I write this guy a ticket? Why not? Because the law is already set. Am I right? It's already set. It's illegal to go over 120 kilometers an hour on the freeway. Am I right? So he doesn't have to phone dispatch and find out whether he can find this person. Right? Or even whether he can pull the person over. He already knows. No, I can pull this person over and I can find this person. Why? Because they broke the law. Alright. So what's the law of heaven? The law of heaven also needs enforcers. Isn't that right? So just because you have a law doesn't mean everyone keeps it. You all know that very well. Am I right? I mean, you all lived by the idea it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission? Yeah? Look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you know. So what happens here is, a, is that when a person gets away with it, they think that the law doesn't apply to them. Am I right? So when the devil gets away with it, he doesn't believe the law applies to him. Until Mr. or Mrs. Son of God comes around. Right? Because I told you, I'm a pretty bride, so you can be a son, right? So Mr. or Mrs. Son of God comes around, and uh, what do they do? Ah-ah-ah! Uh, 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 pull over. Am I right? You're not welcome here. You're operating illegally. Move. Come here. Time for a fine. Am I right? You guys following this? That's how authority works. The Roman centurion said, I say to a man, go, and he goes. I tell a man, come, and he comes. You don't have to come into my house, Jesus. Just give a command, because why? You're also under authority. You are all under authority. When you submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you are under the authority of Jesus, which means you are operating according to His authority. And guess what's happening? His authority is executed when you speak. So when you speak and you call the devil out on what he's doing, all of the angels are released to enforce the word of God that you speak. Come now. This is too unbelievable. This is exactly what happens. The angels of the Lord are the hosts of heaven. Am I right? And the Bible says Jesus is the commander-in-chief of what? The armies of heaven. 
No, one time in the New Testament are we called the armies of heaven. We are told to fight the good fight. We're told to put on the armor. We're told to operate as warriors, but we are not the armies of the Lord. The armies of the Lord are the angelic hosts. Which means that when you are in Christ, you are with Him, a commander-in-chief of the armies of the Lord. Are you hearing me? Which means when you speak the word of the Lord, according to the will of the Lord, then the angels are set to flight. Do you understand that? You don't have to talk to the angels. All you've got to do is speak the word of God. Because it's the word of the Lord that sets them to flight. Do you understand? doesn't mean you can't. I'm just saying you don't have to. To those of you who are nervous. Amen. Does it make sense? So, if the people would stand united in their faith, nothing would be impossible for them. So what is it to be united in your faith? To be united in your faith literally means that we all come to an agreement that our trust is in God through Jesus Christ and nothing else. Can we do that? So if our trust is in God, then the first thing we have to acknowledge is that we have an awe and a respect for God. Am I right? How many of you have an awe and a respect for God? Okay? So you will see to what degree your awe and respect is real to the degree that you are willing to obey the Word of God. Why? Because if you have an awe and a respect for God, you will do the will of God. Because why? You respect Him. The Bible says Jesus' prayers were answered because of His awe for God. Which means, if you're just trying to fit God into your life, if you're just trying to make Him a part of the nice piece of pie that is your life, and He's just there for your own benefit, you've just lost the whole thing. You don't even know how this works. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Then all these things will be added unto you. Don't put the cart before the horse. Now, how many of you have found the kingdom of God? Yes. So that means that when you got born again, what did you find? You found the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Am I right? So you've already got the kingdom of God and His righteousness, which means now the focus has to be the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So God is saying, be focused on what I've given you to be focused with, and I'll get focused on what I told you I'd take care of. Is this making sense? Too often we want to help God out. Isn't that right? So we saw many people there celebrating. This particular event was different in many ways because I saw a very wide variety of people being represented with a very wide variety of beliefs. But they all believed that Jesus was the cornerstone and that we should all build like architects, keeping the plumb line of truth on that foundation, which is Jesus. Amen? So I want to read to you out of Ephesians 4. Um, 
it should be on the screen. What's important to me is the unity of faith. And so I'm going to read through this. And you can follow on screen. Stevie, you'll help me. Thanks, bud. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Do you see that? Does it seem like everyone's on a journey there? With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Does it, does it seem like people are on a journey and they're going to rob you up the wrong way sometimes? Why would God tell you to be patient? Because people are going to annoy you. Am I right? And you're going to have to love them. And if you choose to, you will learn how to be patient and your grace and the grace of patience will be multiplied to you. Isn't that right? And you'll be able to overcome them. Why? Because you are bearing with them in love. It doesn't mean you have to believe everything they tell you. It doesn't mean that everything they say is right. It just means that you're still available and there for them. You continue to love them and you hope they grow out of the carnality that they're in. Because you know what aggravates most believers is carnality. Especially in other people. But they just forget to look in the mirror sometimes. Am I right? Because when you get irritated, you think it's you, but it's not you, it's your flesh. The Bible says you don't get irritated. Why? Because you're not irritated and you're not, what, envious. Why? Because in the spirit, you are as he is. This is what 1 John 4 teaches us. It says, as he is, so are we in this world. And the chapter starts literally with, God is love and all those who abide in Him abide in love. It goes on to say, how can you say you love your brother or sister who you have seen, right, when you hate them? How can you say you love God whom you haven't seen when you hate your brother or sister that you have seen? And people say, well, I don't hate anyone. I'm not seeking active vengeance. The word hatred there means to not care what happens to them. It means you couldn't be bothered what happens to them. If they die, if they live, where they go, when they go, it doesn't make a difference to you. The word hate there means a strong indifference. So it's important that we as a people, if we're going to cultivate a heavenly culture, that we learn to adopt the culture of God's nature into our lifestyles and we begin to live out of a place called love. Yes? Watch what he says here in verse 3. It says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. How many? Yo, the way things are carrying on, it seems like there's a thousand. Am I right? Jesus made Autobots. Are you guys with me so far? This is important, man. I'm telling you, it's very important. There is only one body and one spirit. So you got the same spirit I got. Am I right? 
If you've got the same spirit I got, Freddie, you've got the same spirit I got, bro. What about you, Harold? Hey, Raymond? You've got the same spirit? We've got the same spirit. Am I right? Do you, did you get a, like a junior one? Did you get like Holy Spirit in his nappies? The way some people carry on, he's not even there. The Bible says that he was given the spirit without measure. So when he gave the spirit, do you think he gave it with measure or without? So if you've been given the same spirit that I have, then there's nothing that you can't do that I can do. And there's nothing that I can't do that Jesus could do because he had the same spirit we have. I mean, we all, we, I mean, wherever I go, I hear people quote, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. And I'm like, okay, where? Because if it's by his spirit, then is it not his spirit doing it through us? Otherwise, he would say, it is the spirit who does it alone. But the Bible says that he gave us his spirit so that we may accomplish the will of God on the earth. Is this making sense to you? So you don't have the Holy Spirit just so that you can feel nice goosies. You have the Holy Spirit so he can empower you to be what? A witness for him in Jerusalem and Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. If you're sitting here limiting your life, limiting what God can do with you, I hope that I blow the cap of that limit right off of you. And I'm, I hope you understand I'm doing it lovingly. Let's look at my smile. Do you understand? The Bible says speak the truth in love. Sometimes you can do that. It still sounds harsh. Am I right? But is it not better to know what you're missing out on? How many of you would agree that it's better to know what you're missing out on? So watch this. You guys okay? All right. I'm not going to be much longer because my time has run out. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. That means that you all were given the gift of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? And so now that Holy Spirit is able to manifest in the church in different ways. He says, therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith. So what's the goal? The goal is that we all come to an understanding on the word that unifies us so that we may take action together to bring real lasting change in the world. Isn't that right? Until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It means that the goal 
of your growth is that you're literally supposed to walk like Jesus. He's not the head for nothing. We grow up into Him. He is the standard of what we are meant to grow up into. He's not the standard of what you will evolve into. Some people have this idea that one day I'll go from a one cell amoeba and I'll finally evolve into Jesus. This is not how it works. You were born after the very image and likeness of Christ when you were born again. And now, as an infant, you are growing up into Christ, into all things. You don't evolve, you grow up. And when you grow up, you are capable of using more effectively and efficiently the things you have access to because as you grow up, you understand how to use them properly. When you, how many of you, when you first started eating, missed your face? None of you want to admit it, but I've got photographs. And the reality is that it took you some time to learn how to put your hand into your mouth without making a mess. Am I right? So why is it that we think that operating in spiritual things, we need no practice? That we ain't going to get it wrong, that somehow if we do, it's God's fault. Are we not the ones operating? Are we not the ones that are learning how to partner with God? Are we not the ones who are still being educated to think according to the mind of Christ? Are we not the ones that are still dealing with having patience with certain people? Trust me, I have them too. And I love them. Hallelujah. I want you to know this morning that anything that attempts to topple the finished work of the cross is antichrist in nature. Anything that violates what Jesus has accomplished at the cross is antichrist in nature. And it is a stronghold that must be destroyed. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, For our weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when our obedience is complete. This means that whatever you give power to you in your life will have power in your life. Do you understand what I mean? There are people right now who are teaching Christians about how if a witch raises an altar against you, you will have tormenting spirits coming and visiting your life. And they'll teach you that unless you go to the, the pastor and get a special kind of thing, you're not going to be able to escape this thing. You've got to keep praying. I know I'm preaching to the choir. You all think this is ridiculous. Am I right? But just in case you didn't, here's the reason why. The Bible says, Colossians 3 verse 3, you have died and your life is hidden in Christ. I don't know, last time I checked, whenever a devil came knocking and found Jesus, they weren't so happy. 
And so if your life is hidden in Jesus, then no one can curse you. So why are we so concerned about what other people say about us when all that matters is what He says about us? And so these altars and things are just evidence that the enemy is trying to ramp up rebellion in our country. He's trying to take advantage of the witchcraft that is operating through the ancestral movement and many other things that are going on. And my brothers and sisters, you do not have to be afraid. Because greater is he that's in you than the one that is in the world. Am I right? I want you to know this. Dead people are dead. The only dead person who ever asked Abraham something was Lazarus. I'm sorry, it was the rich man, not Lazarus. And the rich man said, tell Lazarus to bring me some water because he was burning in the fire. They are not in a position to negotiate. And many people who believe in ancestral worship think that their their ancestors will be able to, what? Be able to negotiate or mediate for them before God. And this is not godly, number one. And number two, it's not possible. We have one mediator. We have one high priest after the order of Melchizedek. His name is Jesus. And he's the son of the Most High. We just recently went to Pretoria and I did a camp there on hands and biblical healing where we saw about, say, 15 to 20 people who were there for the whole weekend trained and equipped in the area of putting authority into practice. And at the end of that training, about 90% of them got healed. And not only did they get healed, but they also saw what it was like to lay hands on someone and see them healed. Because the same authority and power is accessible to every believer. The only problem is the things you believe that are getting in the way of what he said. And so we spent some time dealing with that and we equipped them thoroughly. And now they are busy operating in their region. They're going to start going out to hospitals and seeing people healed. Praise the Lord God Almighty. Amen. That work, you're part of that work. Say, how? Well, I'm part of this house. How are you not part of this work? Are you not part of my family? Am I not part of yours? Are we not family? Because spirit is thicker than blood, isn't it? So we're family in the spirit. Am I right? So whatever I'm part of, wherever we succeed, you're succeeding. And wherever you succeed, we're also succeeding. Amen? So it's important that you understand that these things are happening and that God is moving. He's uniting people. Amen? If there's anything you should take away from today as I close, despite all the enemy is doing right now in our country and in this world, can you agree with me? Jesus is king. We are his people. And the purpose of the Lord will stand in our land. We are one nation. One God, one baptism, one Lord of all, who is in all and with all. 
I hope that this message has encouraged you this morning.